0: You're listening to Black Neon Digital Podcast, episode 38 Valuable to Me, exploring value by repurposing meaning. Welcome to Black Neon Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Hamilton, the founder of Black Neon Digital. And I believe the future of fashion is to honour craftsmanship whilst embracing innovation and to support each other to build brands that have integrity. Making diamonds from mum's cake. Recycling precious metal to forge new memories and turning discarded abattoir waste into something beautifully useful. Meet three contemporary designers who are exploring the concept of value by repurposing meaning. Aniela Fiedler is a London College of Fashion MA Fashion Futures graduate whose work is concerned with fashion as an expression of emotion. Aniela created Diamond Makers, which is a hybrid between a lab and a tailor-made retail experience, creating custom diamonds composed of unexpected items which hold emotional significance for the customer. Adriana Chede is a contemporary designer whose modern, delicate pieces use recycled materials and responsibly sourced stones. For Adriana, jewellery has always represented a celebration of life. She discovered her passion for craft in her childhood when her father would give her mother a piece of jewellery to celebrate the birth of each of their five children and special anniversaries. Clemence Groen-Rigo is a French-born material designer based in London with an academic background in industrial design and graduated from Central Saint Martins MA Material Futures in June 2019. By crafting everyday functional objects from a material of unusual origin, Clemence's hidden beauty project aims to not only practically reduce the mountain of waste we generate every day, but also help to change our perception of it is a valuable commodity and also something culturally that doesn't need to be disregarded. Hidden Beauty uses abattoir waste to make everyday objects like chairs and hair combs. After all, we eat meat, so why not make use of the byproducts? I just wanted to bring you three all together because I kind of feel like you, although your outcomes are quite different, I feel that you're all working to discuss and explore what we feel is valuable in our lives and what we feel is meaningful and when Aniela um and i had the discussion on the ma fashion futures um webinar that was something that you were really really exploring Aniela and um i also feel that having known adriana um through her jewellery work and, and sat on a panel actually with Clements that you're all looking at this theme and I find it quite fascinating um as we also look at um what COVID's brought us and we really start to reassess what's important to us what do we value where we're we going to place our money um, and things like that so yes yeah, so I just wanted to bring you three together so please could you each introduce um who you are and what you do and Yeah, if you'd like to go first, Daniela, that would be really good.
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. Hi. Um, It's lovely to uh, meet with you all today. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, So, as you mentioned, I've graduated from MA Fashion Futures. um, And uh, during the webinar, that's how we met during the webinar. That was a final final year projects webinar. But about me, hmm. so I work quite a lot with uh, the meaning and with the product as vehicles of meaning, really. I'm interested in why we do things and why do we need to do those things and what how they kind of support us with finding our own identity and how much we are willing to pay or not pay to be associated with certain product uh, and that was, uh, that was very much what my master's was concerned with and another important dimension to it is emotions because in many cases how we feel about things uh, is um, what directs our choices. Uh So, we perceive ourselves humans as quite rational creatures, but in fact it 's a lot is coming as research continuously proves from the emotional side uh of um yeah of ourselves so i 'm exploring it and looking at what are the consequences of those narratives and meanings and products on our well being and understanding of ourselves and each other, so relationships.
0: Thank you so much. Um, Adriana, would you like to go next? Yes, of course. Hi, everyone. It's lovely
2: to be here today with you and exploring this topic, which is really interesting. And as Jody said, it's really part of my work too. So I'm from Brazil, but I'm half Lebanese and um, um, we're five children in our family. And ever since I was small, my father used to give my mother or us children uh, pieces of jewelry when we were born or um, when we turned uh, 16, 18, like it happens in most families. But for me, I never saw jewelry as just, you know, a piece of jewelry, but I saw um, as a celebration of a a new life or of a new um, age. We had arrived or someone was getting married and um for me, this is the beauty of my work and I would love and I, I try to do it the best I can but I I love to bring this meaning to to jewelry so not to um, not to just sell of course as uh, a piece of jewelry as uh, consumism but changing a little bit um, this part of the industry through working with recycled uh, materials um, silver and gold mainly and um, stones as well sourced in a different way so store, uh, stones that were sourced um, not conflict uh, zones and yeah so bringing a little bit of um, all of these elements into um, into the field of jewelry and to the jewelry I produce as well
0: Thank you very um, much. And Clements, your your kind of work is, is sort of very different to this and I'm <laughs> fascinated by it. So, yeah, tell us all about it.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Hi, everyone. So my name is uh, Clemence green I said it in a really English way. Sorry, mom. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as you can hear, I'm a French-born uh, London-based designer and I graduated uh, from uh, MA Material Futures one year ago. And so this MA is really about exploring uh, potential futures. So it can, uh, it can be about new materials, but also uh, potentially like uh, social situations. So what is going to happen in the future? And then as designers, it's our job to think about it and propose solutions. So since I graduated, I... I am working on different personal projects, uh, including my thesis project uh, that is called uh, Hidden Beauty. So I'm probably going to talk about about this project uh, a bit more uh, after all. But if I can um, describe myself, I think I can say that I'm more of a craftsman designer. Um, my work consists mostly of making uh, the ugly beautiful. So I made like different projects uh, about that. But uh, if I can resume in like a simple sentence. I I think I would say that I'm really working and thinking about um, how to change and have an impact in the future by acting now and using our current resources, because I think that's really important. It's not enough to think about what kind of humans or what kind of designers we could be in the future. We have to think about what we can do with what we have now. Yeah. Thank you,
0: Clements. I think what we can do with what we have rather than looking to what we don't have is actually a really good starting point for this because you all look at what we have and develop something from that. So, um, Aniela, if, if you can talk at about perhaps your mother's cake and develop on that that story around that, because that's fascinating. Uh,
1: well, yes, that, so I will um, just give you a bit of introduction to my project. So what I've done, because I was exploring value value and I was exploring narratives, uh, one of the first things that I realized through my research is that the absolute masterpiece of combining value with narrative, for good or bad is the diamonds and how we kind of associate value with diamonds, despite of the horrible pack colonial past, history and presence, which is um, um, equally terrifying. If you think about the consequences, environmental consequences of mining, but social consequences of mining as well. The, the yeah, the, the, the magic that made it possible for us to associate diamonds as love is quite unbelievable. So I started diving deeply into what are those mechanisms that in some sort of powerful way make it possible for us to associate something um, pretty horrific with one of the most powerful and beautiful human feelings, love. And then I started trying to find things which for me symbolize love or could be um, exchange or replace metaphorically with a diamond um, and that led me on a long journey on how diamonds are made uh, and uh, what those things that I'm looking at valuable are made from so it was a material um, material exploration uh, and that led me to the discovery that um, diamonds are made from carbon and carbon is uh, abundant in our world but it's one of the most abundant uh, things that you can um, uh, encounter in the natural environment. Um, and so, so one of the technologies that we have an access to now allows us to make diamonds in a laboratory, which, is, which makes it possible to grow diamond from any carbon that you come across. So because I identified that for me, one of the most valuable things uh, in a sentimental way Sentimental manner is my mom's cake because it's my memory of childhood, my memory of home. Uh, Good feelings are very much associated with it, and that cake can be turned into carbon. Uh, I turned my mom's cake into a diamond uh, to just by collaborating with lab uh, lab, lab, laboratory in Saint Petersburg uh, and observed what kind of happens to me. Because it was very much self discovery process and kind of exercising the narrative and twist the narrative, uh, what happens to my perception of that diamond and what kind of feeling emerged in me when i um, when I lose my mum 's cake and i' just it, this idea that object is just a vehicle of the narrative became very um, visible to me uh, and then I identify a hundred different things that for all the for some of my friends or Quite a few people that were surrounding me. There uh, were well, actually a hundred things that are possible to be turned into diamond and um, went through quite a quite long process of analyzing those narratives and thinking what would be the reason and why we uh, might want to turn something into the diamond, into a diamond. Um, what would mean essentially also losing it because um, at, at the moment in a COVID um, uh, climate, I much more would prefer to have my mum's cake than that diamond because I have absolutely no idea when I'm going to see my mum because uh, she lives in a different country. So all those things became very contextual or interesting because yeah, it's, it's a shift in perception. Once you start comparing and working with metaphors and science gives us possibility to give those metaphor, bring those metaphors into a very feasible reality and turn diamonds into cake instead of all cake into a diamond. Um, but more cake into a diamond, it's difficult to turn diamond into cake. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could now. It's absolutely
0: fascinating though, isn't it? And I think it's, you know, completely around what is valuable to us. And I feel, you know, previously we've been dictated to what is valuable and now we're starting to really reassess and um, relook at what do we care about on a really personal um, level beyond a product, beyond something that we've been dictated to. Um, Adriana, you actually work with Diamonds and Stones. Mm-hmm and natural um, elements from the earth that are produced by carbon what do you so in your process when you source your stones and so forth how do you find them and and is it more difficult to find things like that and more difficult to work with recycled metals than just you know not doing it that way
2: Mm -hmm. um Of course, it's a little bit more difficult to find um, suppliers and to source metals that have been um, recycled and that you can trace a little bit of its um, origin. Um, But it's a choice that maybe I made two years ago and have been evolving since then. So before, maybe 70% of all the metals I was using, they were uh, recycled. Some of them I was recycling um, myself. So I do need a big space and a really powerful thought to make it happen. Um, but nowadays, I, I especially ever since I've been in London, so two years ago, I've been um, finding suppliers that already work with um, recycled metal. So I shop from them. I source from them. Um, Regarding stones and gemstones, so it's a bit more complicated than gold because also gold nowadays you also have the fair trade which is completely um, traceable um, metal and I'm also um, trying to get my certification around that. Um, for gemstones, it's a bit more complicated. Uh, either you go for natural gemstones or you go for lab created. Um, Diamonds, and um, I try. Uh, try no. I work only with uh, suppliers that uh, are part of the Kimberley Process. So this is um, an organization that um, prevents that the conflict diamonds getting the rough diamonds get into the mainstream of um, the diamond industry. So suppliers that only shop from this a bit more trusted um um, sources as for the natural the colored and the gemstones i actually bring them from brazil i'm lucky enough to to know uh, a few suppliers in brazil that work directly with smaller mines, let's say smaller organizations and um Brazil is a really rich, uh, really rich uh, country and land when we talk about gemstones. So um, I also try to bring this as part of my heritage of of, uh, the brand. So I have someone that cuts the stones, uh, especially for me, and he is a one man business. So it's good to have this um, proximity with him and his work. And I know that my business also, um, help him and his family, his community to develop.
0: Uh, yeah. That, that's my <laughs> I think, um, what you've said there around the closeness to it and a really understanding firsthand what it means is so important. Um, I've actually visited, uh, Botswana and kind of been there and looked at certain areas of, you know, mine and so forth and actually been very, um, I visited Sierra Leone and went to visit some diamond mines there and just you know it was eye-opening it was a good few years ago now but um it was really eye-opening just the amount of dirt i know it sounds really weird but you're literally you know heads above you digging in mud for these stones and it's like why are we doing this? <laughs> like, who's made us go in and dig for in dirt and not even us that actually are going to wear them, someone else to do this on our behalf? Like, what are we doing? Um, and I think, you know, That's kind of, if we just remove ourselves from that and then don't buy diamonds, that's kind of one or stones. But I think also what you've hit upon, uh, Adriana, is something that's important around your culture and heritage and supporting people in a better way to live from what they're doing. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think.
2: Um, Yeah, it brings a little bit of a new dimension. Of course, if you look, I mean, I've been more and more getting uh, to see videos and you know researching really about the traceability of diamonds and gold and yeah if you go really deep into it you say I'm just gonna drop this (laughs) but I think I'm also in this uh, to make a change so there's a lot of really outdated um, aspects of the jewelry industry and because I'm small enough I can I can have you know, a, say, I go into everything I do. So all parts of production, I'm there, and I have thousands of suppliers to choose from, and I I can make a change within my own um, you know my own circle. So this is why I'm still here. Uh, I've been studying and trying to get my certification around fair trade. Gold, and I think that's a really nice um, work that is happening. And I think it's going to take a lot of time, but I also want to give my clients this option. You know that they know that these mines have been prepared, and they are using the right equipment, and they're being paid what is fair for them. So still, we are taking something away from nature, but I think more and more people are becoming conscious, and maybe saying, "Well." Anyway, if I buy 10 pieces of fake jewelry and, you know, there's coating and there's plastic in it and whatever it is, and I'm just discarding that within a few months of use. But if I can buy something that is gold and it has been um, uh, traced, you know, sourced in the right way and it's something I'll keep forever. You know, I did my research when I went to buy it. And it still is something that can be melted and reused and you can pass down to generations. So I think that's also a different impact than proposing just something that people will use and discard. So I think this is a little bit of what I'm trying to do with uh, my my business. So trying to be a bit more innovative and uh, doing a lot of research and trying to take the right decisions, I would say.
0: Yeah, I think um, you've hit on something there about making something that is truly beautiful or truly valuable um, and really understanding what that means. Clements, you're, um, can you describe a bit more about your hidden beauty? So how do you find beauty in things that are hidden? I'll let you go.
3: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think, as I said before, so my work is mostly about transforming the ugly into something beautiful because I think it's all about perception and also of course social construct so um, as a designer I tend to work with projects that are linked with this idea of beautiful ugliness and so as I said it's um, sorry Hidden Beauty is my thesis project, and it's all started from me watching a documentary about um, the slaughter industry. You know these kind of horrible documentaries right, where they're showing you all of the pain caused to animals. So yeah, <laughs> I was watching uh, this documentary, and I noticed at some point um, all that blood that was um, wiped up. The floor, you know, they were pushing it through graze on the floor. And I just thought, but what's happening to the blood? What's happening? Where is it going? And so I looked online, and it's actually really hard to understand what's happening with the waste. So, yeah, I made uh, more and more research. And I realized that um, each year there is approximately 60 billion animals that are uh, slaughtered worldwide to obtain food, of course. And if we just look for Britain alone it's about one million um, and on this uh like huge amount of animals uh abattoir waste so the slaughter waste represents a consider- considerable and constant waste of the slaughter industry so if you think for example um, about a pig sixty uh, percent of the pig represents waste so that's that's actually quite bad and so what is happening with the waste? It can be ever relocated so different other industries and especially food industries are taking it and transforming it so we can hear about gelatin or uh, different offals that we use for dog food or even like um, livestock food but the majority of it is disposed so yeah that's the question where how (laughs) so it can be disposed in large lakes so they're putting literally everything in water sources where uh, it emits toxic gases. Uh, it often leaks and overflows, and it's of course causing uh, devastation to both uh, land and waterways. So that's also a threat for drinking supplies, of course, and you can uh, see a lot of contamination from E.coli or Salmonella disease, of course. And also there is a consequence, like an important one, is, uh, that is, um, it wipes out uh, aquatic life. So that's quite nice, but the waste can also be uh, rendered and piled up in like huge uh, kind of places where like the carcasses, like literally they are putting the animal carcasses there and they are waiting for it to decompose. But that's the thing, you know, like carcasses, they can take up to 25 years to disappear and they actually never disappear really. And the bones by decomposing, they are releasing a lot of chloride, ammonium, nitrate, and all of methane gases into the air. So of course, all of this is intensifying greenhouse effect. So, first looking at all of this, and after a lot of research, of course, I thought uh, that's I I don't understand how I cannot find um, all of this information online. You know, like it's it's it seems like really weird for me that we we think and we talk about the impact of livestock on the on the planet, but we don't talk about the waste. So I thought, okay, there is something to do here, and why not trying to Take the waste and transform it into something that actually is not gonna cause harm to the planet. And of course, there, there was also like a, a really important part of the project that was uh, for the ethical lens, because um, I kind of also wanted to revalue all of the animal resources. And you know, like when you're talking about the animal, like how can we revalue every part of the animal? So you know, like when you're eating. An animal like a pig or uh, a piece of steak, you know, <laughs> uh, it's kind of the only moment in which we're giving the animal an acknowledged end because that's yeah, you're just eating it. But if you look, for example, in the Paleolithic age where animals were killed um, but also treated with respect as gifts, kind of from the spirits, not a beast, not a bit was wasted, but we were using it to make vases uh, and food utensils, so it was really interesting for me to uh, source inspiration from uh, our history so I kind of wanted to combine both aspects into the project like how can we reuse waste to of course uh, not arm our planet but also add value and thinking about how can I actually use this dead animal but actually respect it you know so I, I know it's something a bit um, weird and strange for vegan people and vegetarian people. I'm actually vegetarian, <laughs> but if you think about it, it's uh, totally the opposite. You 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 actually give back value to the animal, um, raising the waste. So yeah, as a designer, I I thought, okay, what can I do and how can I transform the waste to make it uh, look beautiful and uh, luxurious in a way? So I started. Uh, collecting the waste uh, all around um, London because, yeah, I'm living in London. So I went to meat markers and uh, butchers uh, around London who gave me waste for free because they don't have anything to do with all of this waste. So when I'm talking about the waste, um, it, can, it can be blood, it can be uh, bones, it can be skin, it can be air. So that's the main uh, parts of waste that I use. There's, of, of course, others like intestines and organs, uh, urine these kind of things, but first of all, I decided to not use this kind of um, of waste because they you saw kind of um, some examples in design already with intestines. I don't know if you saw these kind of things but they are used in design to make lens and and sofas, so that's that's quite nice but that's not what is uh, the most wasted in the industry that's it's definitely uh, mostly bones and blood. So I took everything and I started a material exploration, uh, all, uh, all over of this, um, waste. So yeah, it was not. Uh, Smelling really nicely (laughs) at the beginning in my small uh, studio flat in London, but yeah, I especially Oh God, yeah, (laughs) very brave of you. uh, At the beginning, it was really really hard, but yeah, (laughs) after a few experimentation, I succeeded in um, creating a a like a kind of process of doing things to create a new material made of waste. So I am. uh, taking the blood that I'm uh, reducing into powder after deshidratation. Uh, so it's uh, giving me a pigment. It can be like black to kind of... Mm, dark brown red color. So that's a really nice uh, color. Or I can also make a pigment made from bone char. So that's uh, the bone reduced to uh, carbon. <laughs> so it's really black. And it was used actually in the past to make uh, pigments too. Uh, so that's kind of representing my uh, color parts, my pigment parts. And then for uh, the main material, the main core, um, I'm uh, reducing all of the waste of skin and bones uh, mainly into kind of Liquid mixture. I'm using glycerin made from the same bones. Um, yeah, I'm adding the pigment to it. Then I have I have different type of course to make it dry and not decompose because of course it's a uh, uh, living matters. Uh, and then it's so it's at the really liqu- liquid liquid um, uh, stage. So I can cast it into different molds or so silicones or plastic molds, and then. Yeah, I can make whatever objects uh, I want with it, and it's really detailed material. So, for my um, thesis collection, I made um, a set of uh, beauty objects, like little razors, little um, uh, yeah razors, little soap, little toothbrush, uh, and then for my uh, actual project, I made some stools because that's also you know like something that was really important for me. It was not only to Raise awareness about the problem about the, the unsustainable problem that uh, represents waste to people. It was also to show them that you can actually use this material into your everyday life. But that's kind of something that I realized at the with the beauty uh, kit <laughs> in a way. People will never want you know to put like a tooth toothbrush made from waste in their mouth or even like a comb. You know, it's really hard for people to. Of the material in the end they they still feel like oh I'm having a dead animal in my hands but if you make stools of it you know like the um, the emotional uh, impact is way less because you just (laughs) literally sit on it and it's also I wanted to make a link with the design industry and just the the furniture industry you know like for example if you take just the example of IKEA but other companies that are um, producing in chain a lot of um, disposable furniture, you know, that people don't really care about. You know, this could be like the perfect example for me to make a stool that with my material you can make in chain because it's really easy. You just, you know, it's just like pouring a material into a mold and then, yeah, drying it. Uh, yeah, it was the perfect example for me to show that this material can be, can be used in the industry as same as wood, but you treat it in a different way. You respect the animal. You respect the environment. And there is a story behind because I think, you know, that's what people want. They want to see that you actually you respect the nature as a designer. You know, you respect the environment. You're stopping wasting, and also you you share a story. There is a story behind. There is something more than just making a tool.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think that's what you all do in in very different ways. Um, it just made me think then, people are not willing to use a toothbrush or a hair comb made from something, but they're willing to eat it. Like, that's kind of crazy when you think about it, isn't it, really? Um, yeah, I kind of feel like this has been a bit of a whistle-stop tour of all your projects and your work, but I'd really like you to all sort of try and keep in contact a little bit and sort of develop these narratives, and I'd really like to see how that goes, Um Particularly, I think you're all doing something really amazing and really pushing us to reassess what is valuable and what we really care about. And um, another thing running through all your work is obviously um, pa- planetary stewardship and actually caring for the environment and people. And like the thread is carbon through this at the minute. Um, yeah. So I just really like you to keep talking. Um
1: yeah, I would yeah. definitely love that. I think we share definitely some sort of sense of appreciation, whether it's culture or mundane object versus luxury or luxury from maybe not mundane, but also mundane, like blood is in every, everyone.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's been it's, really nice to to hear a well, little bit about all of the, both of your work as well and see how together we can make a little bit of a force and uh, give a new um, significance to, to things we are used to see and use every day and uh, yeah, respecting nature, proposing new solutions. It's really nice.
0: Keep it up. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. Please do make the time to subscribe, rate and review our show on iTunes. Until next time, be sure to join the conversation via Instagram at Blackneon Digital and online at blackneondigital.com.